0: Hi, everyone, and a very warm welcome to the next edition of the Vet Method podcast, where we bring team training concepts to independent veterinary practice owners who want to grow revenues through a high-performance team. My name is Sanjay Mangabai, and I'm so pleased to be joined today by Clint Latham. Hi, Clint. Welcome. Hello. So, whereabouts are you today?
1: Uh, I'm just west of Denver in the mountains, so the Uh, If you're familiar with Colorado at all, I'm basically in Evergreen, Colorado is where I'm at. So
0: um, I'm guessing it's quite warm over there.
1: Yeah, uh, I think we're supposed to be about 75 today. I went for a mountain bike ride at lunch yesterday and it was hot. So yeah, it's getting that time we have to start getting up early before the sun comes
0: out. Yeah, it's warming up quite nicely in the UK here too. (laughs) Great, so a little bit about Clint. Clint's goal is to help veterinarians realize the value of their data and help them take the necessary steps to protect it. And the title of our podcast today is the most important thing in veterinary medicine that no one is talking about. And we are going to talk about that for the next seven minutes or so. Okay, Clint, our time starts now. So question number one, who is your ideal client?
1: Uh, that's a that's a tricky question depending upon um, what they need. I think generally it's the person who realizes that that owns a practice maybe even a corporate group that realize they own a series of practices. Um, realize that there's a lot of potential risks that are out there from a cybersecurity standpoint um, and just need to better understand not only how to protect themselves from cyber criminals but also how to protect themselves from any sort of other disaster that may come their way, whether that's hardware failure, mm-hmm. you know, kind of all the things that we would put in place or think about when it comes to business continuity. Um, so unfortunately, most hospitals think, ah, oh, it's fine if, you know, I could be down for four or five days. So it's that person who realizes, A, they don't want to be down for that long if something were to happen, and B, how do we really go about actually protecting ourselves um, mm-hmm. to making sure that, you know, we can keep taking care of the patients that come in the hospital.
0: Okay, so fantastic. So basically, all all new practices that use some sort of IT uh, to store data, you know, on servers on or cloud computing. In the UK, mm-hmm. in two thousand and eighteen, they uh, um, they got the General Data Protection Act, which yeah. uh, has strict rules around uh, having some sort of protection. Uh, against unlawful or unauthorized processing or access or loss of your data. So it's actually a regulation over here. And I'm pretty sure it must be similar um, in the States.
1: Uh, Somewhat. So we have um, the closest, we don't have any federal regulation Mm -hmm. um, that that equates to GDPR. We do have something close, which is CCPA. So the California Consumer Protection Act. Mm -hmm. It only applies to the state of California, except there have been roughly eight or nine states that so far have adopted basically similar language, kind of copied the the state statute. So we're starting to see the states starting to take approaches. However, um, I was actually just sat on a panel yesterday and we were talking about data use within uh, VetMed. And one of my colleagues, and I really like what they're doing and, and you know what they're doing in the vet space, He Mm -hmm. said he didn't, he was afraid that if a GDPR style regulation came to the states, he wouldn't like it. Mm -hmm. I disagree. He wouldn't like it because it would make his business harder to accomplish because he has to require consent, right? Mm So all these different pieces of data that you're collecting requires consent. Mm -hmm. The difference we have here is that with CCPA, it's similar legislation, but I I have the option to opt out. Yeah, I think most people don't. I'd say general consumers don't realize, and I also would say most veterinary practices don't realize that they have that option. I like the consent model better. I like what GDPR has done. I think they've taken it a step in the right direction, mm-hmm. uh, a better step in the right direction as opposed to CCCP or CCPA. But um, at least we're we're getting somewhere as far as really starting to think about data privacy, data ownership rights, all that.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. But apart from the personal data, what what it's done, certainly from personal personal experience, it forced us to think about protection, you know, now that there's some legislation around it and it's not just about personal data, it's it's a loss of data and all that kind of stuff. Fantastic. Okay, that leads us nicely onto question number two. What's the biggest problem your clients face and how would you help them solve it?
1: Oh yeah. I think that goes back to your last to the last point you just made there where you know it made you guys think about data as a whole i think the biggest problem in the industry right now is that most veterinarians don't realize at least in the states uh i mean it's probably different in the uk but i would say at least in the states they don't realize that they do have a right to protect fluffies or they do have an obligation to protect fluffies vaccination records Mm -hmm. i think if we look at ccpa you know from a regulatory standpoint i think there are 11 or 19 different categories that define personal information Mm -hmm. Um, Again, most people think, oh, well, it's going to be health information. Well, no, in the US we have HIPAA, which in the Privacy Act, which covers protected health information for individuals. In this case, animals are seen as chattel. However, Mm -hmm. if I can exfiltrate a bunch of data Mm -hmm. and triangulation, most of the data attorneys I work with, we're going to hate this because they're going to say it's not this simple. And -hmm. there are other ways to formulate where you would be liable in a data breach. But essentially, if I can get three pieces of data that allow me to triangulate you and separate you from somebody else, Uh that's PII, that's personally identifiable information that singles out somebody. And there are some notification requirements, um, potential, you you know, other issues that have to go on there. I think the ABMA, which is the American Veterinary Medical Association, Mm -hmm. they have a cybersecurity PLIT. Last year, I think in 2020, they said that their average claim was about 100 $35,000 per uh, cyber incident. So that includes ransomware, but also some of these data like data exfiltration, which would include the notification requirements and stuff that you have to go through. So to circle back, I think the biggest thing is, is like most veterinarians, A, A, I guess it goes back to my my tagline. They don't realize the value of their data and they don't really realize what they're holding on to. Um, But again, I don't think they necessarily have to, right? Like I think most veterinarians want to practice medicine. They want to see they want to take care of their patients. yeah. And so you kind of need to, again, I guess, sale, shameless self-proportion, you need to lean on somebody that knows these things and help make sure you're protected.
0: Okay, so so so, so basically they don't know how uh, important their data is until something happens, you know, and yeah. it's, re- it's realizing that um, yep. before you have a problem. Okay, great. Question number three, what are the typical symptoms people experience with that problem? You know, the, their pain points.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, most of their pain points don't happen until it's too late, right? Uh, um, you know, like we get we get calls, you know, probably on the weekly. I think if we do the if we do the math, basically on average, about two and a half veterinary hospitals per week are attacked by some sort of cybercrime wow. uh, in the U.S.
0: Yeah.
1: So unfortunately, we start. We get a lot of calls where a veterinary practice has been compromised, and now they need help recovering their data. But again, if you don't have the proper business continuity solutions in place, there's not much we can really do. Depending upon if you're in a ransomware situation, yeah, there are some tools we can use to uh, Mm -hmm. potentially decrypt it, depending upon how long long this tool has been available and what our options are. But I think the biggest problem for vets is that they don't realize the problem until it's too late. And most Mm -hmm. of the time, I'm like, I wish you would have called me a week ago because we could have put in solutions in place that don't necessarily need to break the bank and aren't really expensive, that would help you not be in this situation, right? Like nobody needs car insurance until you're in a car accident, right? But you can't call up the insurance company and say, hey, I got an accident, I need you to cover me. Mm -hmm. And So it's one of those things where the biggest problem generally is they don't realize it until it's too late. And so we're working hopefully to try to educate people to realize that you should start thinking about this now before it is too late.
0: Absolutely, and you know, I fell foul of exactly that. So about four or five years ago, when we were all server-based, we got a tr- Trojan virus or something that got in there. Couldn't get rid of it. We were down for a week, new servers, I think in excess of seven, 10,000 pounds. My, you know, the constant worry, the feeling of loss of control. You know, we're just vulnerable. And then you have to replace it um etc so i know exactly what uh, some of the symptoms are
1: (laughs) yeah exactly
0: (laughs) unfortunately (laughs) thank you for that Clint. so question number four what are the common mistakes people make when trying to solve that problem you know the things they thought were going to work but were never actually going to the things they try and fail
1: oh yeah there are a whole host of areas um you know like one area of our business is to do a lot of cybersecurity audits and we kind of review those gaps for people. Mm -hmm. But I think I'll start with just the top two, the biggest two. I think if you can kind of cover your basis on these, at least it's a start. Mm -hmm. The first one is, is backups. Most people think they have a good backup plan in place. And again, until something happens. Mm -hmm. So in an industry term is RPO and RTO. So RPO stands for your recovery point objective. RTO stands for your recovery time objective. Nobody ever thinks about these two numbers. Uh, um, yeah. Again, because they're not technology professionals, right? Like mm-hmm. you almost need to be a CISSP or a certified information security professional to re- to have these concepts and kind mm-hmm. of an under- understanding of these. But what we see a lot of times is hospitals get hit and mm-hmm. they're like, yeah, but we had backups, but we went to our backups and it was no good. And so now the early, we happen to find a hard drive somewhere that, that had a copy of our database from six months ago. So we're trying to import that or they try to lean on just the uh, practice management solution solution provider, sometimes they'll have backups. Mm -hmm. And we've worked with hospitals where they get hit and they're like, okay, but yeah, they're like, yeah, but we have cloud backups. Well, the internet's terribly slow and we try pulling those down. And for some reason, not all the data's pulling in. We can't figure out why the backup solution wasn't really working. So I think really understanding, really asking yourself two questions, how long can I afford to be down? So assuming everything goes perfectly, how long RTO, how long will it take us to recover everything back to up and running? And how Mm -hmm. long can you go about that? B, how much data can you afford to lose, right? So Mm -hmm. when you look at your backup plan, if you're backing up say once a day Mm -hmm. and something happens, can you afford to lose 24 hours worth of transaction history or data from your patients and clients? So those would be the two big things. The second one is most people think like, you know, if they go to some of the bigger vendors like IDEX or some of the other ones here that will resell some of this stuff like Trend Micro, they're like, yeah, mm-hmm. just put some antivirus or anti-malware on your computer yeah. and you're covered. Yeah. That used to be the way it worked in cybersecurity probably 10 years ago. You just put mm-hmm. some mal- mm-hmm. anti-malware on there and you're probably covered. Mm-hmm. Now it really takes a layered approach. There are so many different ways and aspects that we have to look at how we protect the individual workstation and the server and the network as a whole that really just putting basic endpoint protection on a machine isn't enough anymore. So really thinking about a more layered approach, you know, do you have web and DNS protection? Do you have? Are you using an AV that's actually centrally managed? It's AI based, so it's constantly updating the definitions and you're not four months behind and you're getting hit by something that it doesn't know about yet. Um, are you constantly pushing security patches and updates to the underlying operating system? as well as the third party applications with on that on that machine. So really it takes a whole layer of things to really keep you safe. Yeah. And then there's still no guarantee.
0: Wow, there's so much to unpack in there. But um, from what I'm hearing, backing up is one of the big primary issues, you know, remembering to back up and not just you know, I remember just having a tape in then. Who knows if anyone was ta- was changing it and yep you know, rebacking it up every day. And in answer to your question, you know, um, having to go back to paper invoicing is painful you know yes vets lose enough money when the computers are all working (laughs) you know forgetting to price things up etc and it's a nightmare when things just go offline you know you just can't function you can't have medical health records we can't do invoicing we can treat pets but everything else just goes by the wayside so you know it's a painful way to find out all the stuff that you're talking about fantastic Uh, you know, I also found that one of the things that we didn't that we didn't do, um, and GDPR forced us in the UK, was staff training. You know, no one ever trained the staff about what to do. You know, even if you have um, it, the power go out, you know, you're left vulnerable for a few hours. And you know, you said, who can afford that? I'm telling you that even a few hours of down of downtime, we lose money. You know, yes. money. Oh, yes. and, and it's the stress involved. And also when employees leave, we don't, you know, I, th- I think on your website, you've got something about off-boarding, which is a good term, mm-hmm. never came across it. But, you know, just remember to take the credentials of people off, you know, um, logging onto computers. Some staff leave under unhappy situations.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I can't tell you how many practices, if I just know what practice management system you're using, mm-hmm. I likely know all of the passwords across the network and how <laughs> yeah, yeah. to get in access everything. Yeah. It's that.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Okay, so question number five. What is one valuable free action that someone listening to this can implement um, that will help them solve their problem? What's your top tip?
1: Yeah, I would say really, there's five things. And um, mm-hmm. so to encompass all those five things into one thing is you can go to Luca our website, you okay. can get our free, e- our free ebook, which is five simple steps to protect your practice. Mm-hmm. And really what those five things are is it helps you understand, you know, what are the five things that you can do today that either cost nothing it's just some labor to implement Mm -hmm. or implement a couple solutions that maybe cost you know a few dollars a month or there's even some free options in there to really start protecting your practice today and even at least start to have the mindset that cybersecurity is important and that you really need to think about how you're protecting your hospital i would say most of those things you could probably knock out over a few lunch hours you know if that's how you want to do it or Mm -hmm. you know over a couple days if you really dedicated yourself to it but um, yeah, go there. There's there's five simple things that you can do, you know, in a couple days that don't cost you anything to kind of really give you the biggest bang for the buck to start protecting your hospital.
0: Wow, that's some really, really valuable resource there. Um, Clint, thank you. Um, you know, veterinary practices tend to be very busy, you know, chaotic places, and people don't actually stop to think. And you said a very important thing about having at least the mindset that you need to think about protecting your data and having, you know, stopping fraud, et cetera, et cetera. And i just remind everyone about that website. It's www.luca, which is dot bit. And you've answered question six, so we're gonna go straight on to question number seven. All right. <laughs> which is, um, what's, what, what's the one question, Clint, that I should have asked you that I didn't, but that would give great value to our audience?
1: Oh, man, I don't even know where to go there. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I think, what's the one question you should have asked me? I don't know. I think all your questions were good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe a couple points that we didn't touch on that you actually touched on was like staff training and, and some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Again, you're, you're 100% right. I mean, we can have the biggest IT budgets in the world, and we can put in all the fanciest solutions that we could ever imagine. But if we don't take the thought process, you know, if we don't take the time to educate our staff, we're going to get compromised. I think one of the biggest, maybe this is the question, right? Like, what is the most common threats and things that we see happening to vet practices? Mm-hmm. And I think there's two. There's ransomware, which, of course, is, is incredibly prolific right now. Mm-hmm. And if you've been reading the news, you probably have an understanding of what that is. Yeah. The second one that not a lot of people think about is... Uh, BEC or what we call business email compromise. And this one's really important for those who are cloud-based because what happens is is they compromise your email account, they get in, and then they just start looking and they start watching. So they don't necessarily do anything right away, but then it allows them to create rules so they can start sending messages, request email, uh, you know, password resets or or get your password from the practice management system to be able to get in there. And you don't have any idea the stuff is going on. Then what they do is they generally will go in and start creating a bunch of fake invoices, regenerating invoices from your practice management system, and sending it out to all of your customers. So they'll send an invoice that says like, hey, uh, Diane, uh, we didn't collect the $645 for your dog's dental when you left, and we need you to pay this invoice. Some people are just like, oh really? I thought we paid that and it didn't go through. Or they might craft it like we tried to charge you, but it didn't go through, can you repay this invoice? Mm -hmm. And so customers will start paying this cyber criminal and of course it's not going to the hospital. Now not only is the hospital left trying to rebuild their relationships with their customers because their email account was compromised, cloud-based practice management system was compromised and they don't know what to do and money's flying out the door. We've also seen hospitals get Extorted. You know, they look for um, communications between your accountant and your bookkeeper. And we've had hospitals that have just recently, bought, you know, basically, unfortunately, signed a check for $47,000 um, wow. to a cyber criminal. So business email compromise and ransomware are two of the biggest threats that are going on right now in the space and something that we really need to be aware of.
0: Wow, so it's all this stealth that they use to actually just, you know, get in there. Oh, you've made me a bit um, nervous about stuff now. <laughs> well, I'm going to go back and, and, yeah, I and guess that's a, that,
1: yeah. I, I think that's an important point, though, is it doesn't have to be complicated, and it doesn't have to be expensive, and it doesn't have to be scary. You just yeah. have to think about it. So like when I think about Colonial Pipeline or CNA or some of these other organizations, you mm-hmm. organizations with buttloads of cash to be able to invest in IT infrastructure, but they don't have a cybersecurity mindset, right? Mm-hmm. Um, depending upon how they're set up we're, they they easily have the resources and the funds to create good business continuity so that if they got attacked they didn't pay the ransom but yeah. they didn't have the mindset they didn't think about it and now they were left you know paying 40 million dollars in ransomware
0: wow just change changing our mindset. you probably well, you certainly alerted me and I'm, I'm sure our listeners to the importance of just thinking about it just having it at the back of your mind even thanks Clint. that was really eye-opening and interesting, you know, you're definitely helping to uncover um, this mystery that surrounds data security for veterinarians. Um, So that, like you said before, so that they can focus on what matters most. You know, you don't want to be worrying about this stuff and you've got enough stuff to worry about. And certainly we can just focus on caring for animals. I'm sure you've helped our listeners um, appreciate the value of their practice data and how to take some really easy uh, but necessary steps to protect it. Thank you so much for your time today, Clint.
1: No, I appreciate it. Great to talk with you, and uh, yeah, maybe if the world comes back together, you know, comes back to a normal place, I would. I love the UK, so I'd love to get back over there, and uh, yeah, maybe we'll share a warm beer together or something. If, if you,
0: if you, Fantastic! Yeah, I, I look forward yeah. to doing that. <laughs> Thank no. you very much. <laughs> yeah. Cheers.